Hey everyone, Andrew here, and welcome to uh, Beyond the Bike podcast. Hope everyone's having an awesome, or depending on when you listen to this, had an awesome weekend, and uh, or hope you're having a great week. Um, for me, this is Sunday night, a little routine, a little atomic habit uh, that I have is to uh, record a podcast once a week, uh, kind of sharing some thoughts and ideas around uh, my training and again, just uh, the book, Atomic Habits. We are into chapter nine uh, this week, 20 chapters, 11 to go. And so, um, yeah, excited, you know, excited to, uh, you know, continue this journey. Have to be honest, you know, it's, it's like anything else. It's a, it's a grind. Um, and, um, but you know what, this week's chapter was, was really cool. And, uh, I think is, um, huge, 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 huge. When you look at making change, when you look at, um, you know, taking your life in a really healthy and uh, positive direction, I find chapter nine is, is a, is an amazing chapter, um, to just, kind of do a bit of a, you know, a reflection. Um, I find like, again, going into that idea of just a, you know, like an audit of, um, you know, the people that you're, that are in your life. And so, um, we'll get into that in the last part of the podcast. If you are a first time listener. So again, um, I usually start off with just a quick um, chat about random ideas, talk a bit about my training, uh, if I feel like it. And um, then I go into just looking at a couple of big ideas around each chapter of the book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. So again, we'll get into that uh, later. So this weekend, again, it's Sunday night, got a little vino here and, uh, you know, just chilling. And, um, yeah, what a, what a cool weekend. It was a super busy weekend uh, for me uh, and my daughter. And so uh, she was playing in a tournament, a little hockey tournament uh, this weekend. And, um, you know, it's, it's so cool. You know, you think uh, at the age that I'm at now and all of the years that, I, that I've spent coaching and even before as a player, that even this weekend on championship day you can walk away again just kind of with a little humble pie a little reminder about um you know you know how how being successful in sport how how you can achieve it and when you stray away from it when you stray away from that recipe of success that you get burnt and so uh today yeah it was kind of interesting you know like they uh the team that my daughter plays for they um we have been undefeated all season and so we're around what are we going into november so around two months into the season and the girls have had an incredible run and um basically again um you know i'm an assistant coach on this team but the head coach has a really, really good system. And again, it, you know, it kind of speaks to atomic habits a bit, you know, it's just all about process. It's about breaking the game down, uh, providing, um, the team with a solid structure, 
whether it's in the offensive zone, the defensive zone, in the neutral zone um, of the uh, the hockey rink. And um, I have to say the girls have executed perfectly. And a lot of our coaching has been around um, sticking to the principles of that structure. So even during games, like a lot of the assessment is around the pieces and how well uh, the girls are executing the pieces and, and less about worrying about the outcome of the game. You know, we don't worry too much about whether we win or lose. We're more focused on, um, you know, really good, strong puck possession uh, in all three um, areas of the ice surface. So it was kind of cool um, this weekend. We got into Championship Sunday today and uh, we strayed away from it a bit. You know, we strayed away from it a bit. We got a bit carried away. Um, you know, in the semifinals, um, you know, again, it kind of became, it just felt like it became more about, you know, winning and we got away from that structure. And I would say it's probably one of the, you know, we didn't play well uh, this morning. And, but again, uh, we have a talented team, a fast team, and so we were able to get away with it. And uh, we, we squeaked out a 3-1 win this morning, 8 a.m., super early, around an hour away from home. And, um, you know, after the game, it's one of those things where you win, but you don't really feel like you've won, if that makes sense. And so um, we uh, were off to the finals uh, this afternoon. And, um, you know, again, it was one of those things where we're in the finals, we're playing a really good team, a team from our league. And um, again, we weren't sharp. Uh, we weren't sharp. And we, again, I think there was too much of a focus on winning the gold medal, not as much of a focus on the system, the processes uh, that, we've, that we've done so well. Uh, since the beginning of the year, and we ended up losing today. It was our first loss of the season, and I have to say, like, it's crazy, but I was kind of happy because afterwards it was an opportunity for us to reflect and to think about as coaches that, you know, it's so important for us um, to stay the course and to ensure that we're always focused on the right thing, which is the kids having fun and also in teaching them the game of hockey. And whatever happens as a result, who cares really? But the, again, it's like anything else. When you're focused on uh, the process, typically uh, you end up doing well. And if you don't win, well, there's a win because you've improved. And so, uh, yeah, today was kind of like a bit of a humble pie uh, moment and it's good. It's a good gut check time heading into November now of our season. And um, it's going to provide us with a bit of a refocus, which is awesome. Funny moment this morning with uh, waking up. So Sunday morning, uh, typically on the weekends, I wake up early. Um, I kind of just stick with the same routine, 5 a.m., but it was two games on Friday. There were two games on Saturday. And then, um, you know, again, we finished later last night. And so this morning we had an 8 a.m. start. So that meant getting up super early because, again, it's an hour away. And, um, wow, you know, it was so funny because I never hit the snooze button. Like never. The last time I've hit I hit the snooze button was last year before January when I started this whole thing, and so um, 
one snooze button, zero Andrew. So this morning, I just kind of decided that, you know, I'm kind of waking up. It's 5 a.m. I didn't really have to be up until like, um, you know, quarter to six. And so I wake up and typically like it's boom, right out of bed, you know. And this morning I was kind of tired and I just kind of woke up and you know, I went, ah, I'll hit the snooze button just once. <laughs> and I hit that sucker and back to bed I go. And then, it, you know, a few minutes later, the buzzer goes and I'm like, ah, I'll hit it again. <laughs> So again, I feel like a, like a putz, you know, laughing to myself here, but I can totally, like this morning when I woke up, I totally understand why, you know, sometimes it's just so hard for people to get up and get into a morning routine because I, again, after this morning, the snooze button cannot be a part of it. I don't know. For me, it can't be. So I ended up hitting the snooze button probably, you know, three or four times and I chuckled getting out of bed because I just said, you know, you're such a putz. But, uh, so that's it, no more snooze button. Uh, but again, this morning was um, a mulligan because it didn't really matter. Um, but uh, it was just kind of a reminder of, you know, again, when you think of people talking about the morning routine and how hard it is and sometimes not be able to stick to it. Stick, you know, to be able to get up. And, um, you know, the key is don't hit the snooze button, just wake uh, right out of bed. So uh, there's my uh, snooze button story. And uh, the story this week, um, I always like to do my plan for the week. And so I'll, I'll, I'll talk a bit about that. Sorry, just having a little sip of vino here. Um, so basically, again, just uh, this week, looking at, you know, again, uh, just f five rides, five mornings, and uh, pretty much 45-minute rides now. So I'm back at that kind of level. And uh, really enjoying just picking a variety of rides. And, and the message that I wanted to kind of put out there, and it's a message for myself. It's a reminder for myself and uh, it's a reminder for anyone who needs it, really. And it's around, you know, um, thinking about the good choices that we make in our life. And, you know, we're in such an instant gratification society. You know, we want to be able to make choices and there to be a reward. We want to be able to have that instant gratification. And, you know, in the story that I posted today uh, for this week's schedule, you know, I'll just, I'll just read it out if you haven't seen it. So, a good choice may be unrewarded for a long time. The best choices tend to provide exponential returns. And uh, a hallmark of any compounding process is that the greatest rewards are delayed. You know, the greatest rewards are delayed. Things don't really take off until years later keep working and be patient. And, you know, again, uh, for anyone who's listening, who's in their twenties or thirties, I wish I had this down pack, you know, and it's sometimes it's just a matter of life experience, right? You're, you go through life and then you start to kind of, it's in your forties where you think, wow, man, all that work I did in my twenties and my thirties now got me, has gotten me to where I am now. But, you know, I think that the key is again grinding is showing up is you know having a set plan having a set process and having faith that if you show up and you work hard and you you do it that in time there's the reward will appear and you know again 
going back to my experience is the best rewards you know the best rewards that have come in my life are often only have only happened like years after i started the grind you know and so again if you're in your 20s and your 30s and you're sometimes you think about ah, i'm doing so much work around this or i'm putting so much work into that you know just hold stay the course stay the course because there's going to come a moment where you're going to be um you know and, and it actually happened for me on friday i was at a professional learning uh, day at the board and i was sitting there again as an administrator now and I'm in the room and uh, there's all kinds of different educators um, and consultants that are there, you know, putting on the day. And I was there as one of the administrators uh, representing my school. And I was just kind of sitting there going, wow, man, you know, Drew, you made it. You're here. You're an administrator. And I just had a moment where I just kind of went back over all the years, you know, from you know, the, the years as a, you know, in high school and university as a camp counselor and a coach and an instructor of different sports and then going into education and teaching and moving through different schools and learning, having different leadership, you know, opportunities uh, in different schools, going to the board, being a consultant and all the work I did there um, to then the moment where that whole administration piece uh, fell into, pay, into place for me. And so, again, you think of how much time it took uh, to get to this point. Um, and I could have easily just quit. I could have easily at some point along the way just said, you know what, I'm just going to stay a teacher in the classroom, which is awesome. Um, but for me, I just, I had a bigger calling. I wanted to, um, you know, lead a school. And so again, it's just kind of putting it out there as a message for whoever needs it. If you're hearing this, that, um, stay the course, stay the course, you know, even when it's hard, even when um, everything inside of you is saying quit. Every, everything inside of you is saying, why am I doing this? What's the purpose of this? Why am I putting so much time and energy into this? You know, and um, if you're able to stay the course, uh, I'm telling you, it's such an awesome reward when you look back and you go, wow, I did it, I made it. And I had to go through all of the different phases of emotions and, um, you know, stay in the course through all of those different types of emotions is not easy. But if you're able to do it, uh, the reward is sweet. So, again, uh, putting that out there as uh, a thought for everyone. Um, you know, again, uh, it being a change of season for us. This is sometimes a time that's a little tougher, you know. Um, again, I, I woke up this morning, I was driving to the game, and it was like 7.10, 7.15, and it was still dark outside. It's not easy. You know, but um, again, you just stay the course. So that's the message around that. And so what we're going to do now is I'm going to uh, dive into uh, chapter nine. Um, and chapter nine is, is an awesome chapter. The role of family and friends in shaping our habits. And so we're going to go two quotes, uh, so two audio quotes, and then I'm going to comment on both, and then we're going to wrap this up. So uh, first quote, let's listen in. One of the deepest human desires is to belong. And this ancient preference exerts a powerful influence on our modern behavior. We don't choose our earliest habits. We imitate them. We follow the script handed down from our friends and family, our church or school, our local community, and society at large. 
Each of these cultures and groups comes with its own set of expectations and standards. When and whether to get married, how many children to have, which holidays to celebrate, how much money to spend on your child's birthday party. In many ways, these social norms are the invisible rules that guide your behavior each day. You are always keeping them in mind, even if they are not top of your mind. Often, you follow the habits of your culture without thinking. So in this uh, first quote, the first thing that kind of comes to mind for me is, you know, us doing an audit or, or just reflecting on, um, you know, who we are as a person and what we're doing, you know, the things that we're doing, the, the goals that we're chasing, who uh, we're trying to become, you know, who is Andrew trying to become? And then what you have to do is you got to kind of take a look at, you know, that, that, that box, you know, that box that people have you placed in, you know, so each of us, well, this is what, you know, and this is who Andrew is, this is how he um, interacts, this is what he does, this is what he likes, this is what he doesn't like. Um, so again, this is Andrew, and Andrew works for me because he does this for me. He serves this purpose in uh, my life. And so life is good, right? Then we start to change then we start to look at ourselves and we start to go, okay, you know what? You know what? I'm looking to improve. I'm looking to grow. And the one thing that I've found is that often, if you're looking to go in directions that kind of go against the grain of who you are to people in your life, it can start to get a little uh, goofy a bit. And what I've found is and this is kind of like my, my first big point, is I think everyone has to develop their lone wolf. You know, we all have to have a bit of inner lone wolf in us. It's a period of time, a period of change, where you start to go against the grain of who you've been to the people in your life. And be okay that people are gonna be uncomfortable. Be okay that people are going to crack jokes. Be okay with the idea that people won't believe that you're serious about waking up every morning for the last 10 months and spinning. You know? And I think that that's often where people get caught and people bail on maybe becoming the best version of themselves because they start to evolve. They start to change. And then the people around them get uncomfortable about it. They start making comments. And then again, we're such, um, we, we want to fit in so badly that we kind of just go back to who we were so that everything seems cal stays calm. You know, everything stays cool, um, whether it be on the home front, whether it be with our friends, our family, at work. And that's where my challenge to all of you guys is that if you truly want to continue growing and evolving, I think you have to start to be okay with the idea that there's going to be a period of change. You know, there's going to be a period of, um, you know, rockiness. But what I've seen in my life is that the people who truly matter are going to stay with you. They're going to stay with you. And maybe at the beginning, <laughs> they're not necessarily with you but they're still there, but they're confused. 
you know, at first they're like, ah, he'll quit. He'll quit. No way. Don't, just be patient. He'll quit. Or she'll quit kind of thing. But if you do what you want to do long enough, then in time, the people who truly matter in your life are going to stay and be proud of you. And what's awesome is that this change and this person that you become starts to have this awesome impact on the people around you. And those people start to channel your energy. They start to look at the work and the time that you've invested in becoming the best version of yourself. And they start uh, to do the same. You know, one of the things that, um, uh, that I did was I moved away from my, my family home where I grew up, small town, small town Canada. And uh, I look back on that decision and, you know, when, if you would have asked me again 25, 30 years ago, I probably would have said I would have lived in that town forever. But the best thing I ever did was moving away from there because... You know, there's Andrew from Rockland. And Andrew from Rockland was awesome, but Andrew from Rockland is not Andrew at 44 years old. And being able to move away from that community, move away from the ideas that people have of you to become, you know, a different person, to continue to strive to grow and improve was a lot easier to do in a community where no one knew me. You know, so just, I guess the big piece for this one here for me is just be okay with the idea that people around you are going to be freaked out a bit. You know, again, I look back at this last 10 months and, uh, you know, I've heard it all. But the cool thing is that because I stayed the course, because I didn't really worry about what people thought, because I knew that with every day that I stuck to uh, this journey and this mission and this vision, that I started to get stronger, I was better, I was a better person, um, you know, my home, in my work, with friends and family, that, you know, now, again, like the people around me, like they're just doing the same and they're trying to do the same um, with what they're able to do kind of thing. Um, but in the beginning, if I had listened maybe to some of the naysayers and some of the comments and quit and just stayed inside that box, I wouldn't be where I am uh, today. So again, um, be okay with the idea that that people are going to be uncomfortable, but it's okay. You got to keep moving forward. The people that matter are going to stay and be okay with the idea too that at some point, some people might not stay. You know, maybe who you are when they see you, it, it just doesn't, it, it, they start to feel like they're not able to do that. So your presence makes them feel inadequate, you know, makes them feel not great about themselves. So they start to distance yourself uh, or they start to distance themselves from you because it's just, it's too much for them to handle. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the fact that maybe when they see me, they go, ah, man, how does he do it? You know, and I say that with humility. I don't say that with arrogance. Um, so what I've done with people like that is I'm grateful for the time spent. I'm grateful for the lessons I learned, um, you know, during those times with that, with those specific people. And I think the key is that the door's never closed. The door's always open, you know, so, but I got to do my thing. And again, we're doing our thing to become better. 
so that we can be uh, at our best for others. And that's been a formula that again, and I'm gonna keep saying it, if you're in your 20s, you're in your 30s, stop putting all your time in everyone around you and ignoring yourself. If there's one thing that I, if I could go back 10, 20 years, that would be the thing I would do immediately. Stop putting all my time in everyone else. Start with me, make myself the strongest and best version of myself. And then I'm going to go out in the world, you know, and kick butt. And again, um, I encourage you guys uh, to do that especially if you're younger, uh, because you can learn these lessons so much, um, you know, younger. And uh, so, yeah, so that's the first quote. Let's stop there. Let's listen in to quote number two for chapter nine. We imitate the habits of three groups. One, the close. Two, the many. Three, the powerful. Each group offers an opportunity to leverage the second law of behavior change and make our habits more attractive. One. Imitate. All right, so uh, in this next quote, the reason why I picked this one for chapter nine is I think sometimes we don't realize all the time, um, you know, how much of an impact the people have in our lives. And that, you know, as much as we want to make changes, as much as we want to grow, that, you know, uh, psychologically, often we... Uh, without even knowing it, will imitate uh, the people that are around us. We looked in the previous chapter at the environment and how there's triggers in the environment that will cue uh, to, you know, um, you know, uh, bring up habits that we have. And, you know, in this chapter nine, now it's not necessarily about, you know, environmental cues. It's more about, you know, the people that we are around a lot. And, you know, again, going back to it, we tend to imitate the habits of three social groups, the close, the family and friends, the many, the tribe, and the powerful, those with status and uh, prestige. And this week, um, start to think about that. You know, start to think about, you know, who you are. And, you know, really, um, you know, creating that vision of who you want to become. You know, what does, what do, what do I want it to look like in six months from now for Andrew? What do I want it to look like in, you know, a year from now for Andrew? And to start to, um, you know, have more awareness of, you know, not taking on necessarily as much the habits of the social groups that we interact with. Again, because sometimes people, people can have us in these boxes. And so, you know, think about your family and friends. Think about the tribe that you're a part of. We're lucky, you know, again, for us Pelotoners, you know, the cult of Peloton. Um, it's awesome, you know, we are a wonderful tribe of people, uh, for the most part, we've never met each other, but we're all kind of on this journey of trying to become the best version of ourselves and constantly on social media, uh, Instagram for the most part, I mean, for myself, um, we're encouraging each other, 
we're out there. Um, it doesn't matter. There's no judgment. Um, and it's basically, you know, uh, everyone's accepted, everyone's valued, everyone's supported. And it's such an awesome way for us to stay engaged in this, um, you know, self-improvement goal that we all have because we have such a supportive tribe, you know, but maybe we're a part of other groups that might not necessarily have that, you know, same impact on us. Um, so again, depending on, on how much, um, you know, I don't, to be honest with you, um, the whole idea of status and prestige for me, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you post on Instagram. It doesn't matter, um, you know, how much money you have or whatnot. At the end of the day, we're all just human beings and we were fundamentally all the same. And, you know, I find sometimes the more you can work at, you know, portraying status and prestige, in some cases it can be a bigger sign of weakness for me, you know? So I don't focus too much on that part, but I think that the tribes that we're a part of and the family and friends just become more aware of, you know, the people that you're around and, you know, again, build that vision. You know, build that vision of who, who you want to become and be okay with being a lone wolf in some cases if you need to be. And the one thing that I've seen in time is people will come around and be super supportive. At, at least the people who truly care about you and want you to be uh, the best person that you can be. And those are the people um, that I want to be around for sure. So, to finish up, uh, three ideas here um, that I'm going to finish off just reading, just kind of like a recap of chapter nine. Um, first one, one of the most effective things you can do to build better habits is to join a culture where, um, one, your desired behavior is the normal behavior. Okay, so again, the desired behavior is the normal behavior, and you already have something in common uh, with the group. And again, I think that <laughs> speaks perfectly um, uh, to Peloton. And um, two, the normal behavior of the tribe often overpowers the desired behavior of the individual. Most days, we'd rather be wrong with the crowd than be right by ourselves and that's going to be um, that's a huge challenge that I have for all of you don't don't just do what everyone does you know people will be the people that matter will accept you for who you are that's been a constant in my life I'd rather have two or three awesome people in my life who care about me and want the best for me than for me to be in this imaginary world where I have, or I think I have a hundred people that support me, but really the only reason why they support me is because I go along with the group. You know what I mean? So again, that's a good challenge. You know, stop just going along with the crew because you're looking to fit in. You know, stay true to yourself, stay true to your values, and the people that matter will, will stick with you. That's a guarantee. And again, if a behavior uh, can get us approval, can get us respect and praise, we find it attractive. And again, 
Start to set your expectations lower. You know, again, I'd rather have the approval, respect, and praise of the people who truly matter in my life than to have thousands of people who approve, respect, and praise me because, again, I'm doing whatever I need to do to fit in with the group. And so, the big theme, the big theme for me, the big theme for me in chapter nine is, you know what? Um, family, friends, you know, the groups that we associate with, the people that we look up to, they're gonna have big impacts on us. But you gotta have a lone wolf in you. You gotta channel your inner lone wolf. You gotta, you gotta think about what you wanna become. You gotta think about um, where you wanna be in a year from now. And you gotta go for it. And you have to have the ability to go out and be okay with the idea that, you know what? I'm okay with five likes, but this post here is awesome. And this post is reflective of who I am. It's reflective of the work I've done. It's reflective of who I want to become. And it doesn't matter, you know, how much praise and clout you get. Stay true to what you want to become and the people who matter in your life will stay with you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's a guarantee. So with that being said, I'm wrapping this thing up, 33 minutes. Um, this is episode 19 of Beyond the Bike podcast. Um, I always like to finish with a positive, be kind, be good to the people around you and um, never stop learning because life never stops teaching. All right, go get it.